Welcome to Unpacking the Box Podcast, Season 5, Baltimore Love. This is Linnea, your host, and thank you so much for tuning in. Guys, you are in store for something so great. I am repping my city where I was born and raised. Let's go. Tonight, I'm here with author and award-winning journalist jasmine hello queen how are you hey doing well making it making it i'll say that making it yes i'm so happy to be talking to you thank you i appreciate you for having me yes of course and for those who don't know jasmine and i collaborated on a blog so you guys need to check that out um, on medium Yes, and that was that. Yes, that was so fun. Just basically talking about our experiences as Black women maneuvering COVID, you know, all these different things that are going on. So that's really dope. So you guys check that out. I'll put that in the notes too, just in case you have not read that. So yes, welcome, Queen. Yes, I love this. (laughs) Yeah. So, so you know, I put together the season, just basically focusing on the beauty in Baltimore. You know, because I felt like. You know, this city gets so much flack. We are, it's like this negative thing, this cloud that's like dangling over top of Baltimore City. And I was like, you know what? What haven't I done on Unpacking the Box? You know what? I'm going to, you know, expose the beauty of Baltimore, you know, because that's what this is about. So I was like, let me have Jasmine on because you're doing so many amazing things. And I want people to really understand that everybody that comes from Baltimore or that is in currently Baltimore, you know, is not bad and they're doing great things. 
Right. And I, I agree with you. Baltimore definitely gets a bad rap all of the time. But there are some amazing things and people coming from there. Like, even though I didn't, you know, grow up in Baltimore, like, even when I, like, grew up in L.A., like, everyone who asked me where I was from, it was always Baltimore because, like, that's my home base. Like, that's where my family is. Um, you know, that's where I've, you know, just always loved to go and be at. And I'll always, you know, represent that I'm from there because um, it's really not. I just feel like people sort of put it into this box and judge it based on just one category when there are so many other layers and elements and history and just things that make it great. It just sort of gets outweighed by the, you know, crime and other things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and just to be clear for the, uh, for the listeners, you were born in Baltimore and then you moved. Right. I was born in Baltimore and then I moved to Los Angeles um, but I was always back on the East Coast because my dad still lived out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very much a bi-coastal kid. So I was out here two, three times a year um, up until about five years ago. I moved back to the East Coast. So I'm a lot closer and I'm always down there. Mm-hmm. So and, and so the time that you were in Baltimore, like when you came back or when you visit family, like what is what are some things like you enjoy about the city? Um, obviously the food. Oh my, like, there's so much different mm-hmm. food. And it's like, it, it might sound basic, but like, it's just not privy everywhere. So like, I'm thinking about how, like, you could get Chinese food, like, super late at night. Or like, you could go to like, what looks like a store, but like, you're actually getting like, really good food. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not really a thing that I was really accustomed to at least in the part of los angeles that i grew up in mm-hmm. and then now being in um you know york pennsylvania that's just not something that exists like that um i also like at least when i was younger just like this idea of just like word of mouth and it, it really wasn't so like when people say that it's like very dangerous like as a kid like i didn't see that like i would very much be like at my grandma's house um, close to downtown Baltimore, like out with my cousins, like it'd be nighttime. Like we would just go around, but everybody knew that that was our grandma. It was very much like, you know, I'm not going to say like a hundred percent safe. Nowhere is a hundred percent safe, but I also feel like there was just this level of letting kids be kids, at least when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I met some awesome people and I have some funny memories with my cousins just being out and about, humid summer nights um just sitting outside that's another thing i like too mm-hmm. yes i have the same like we grew up in like my family home in baltimore city on the east side and um i just remember um everybody knew each other on that street across the street like everybody knew who everybody was and i would play with my friends outside we would sit on the steps we would eat snacks like it was fun my memories are just fun and good times with my friends and people that i'm still friends with now today like that's what i remember and just you know and yes the food is oh my i tell people all the time like y'all don't even know People in the county, like, I'd be like, y'all don't even know. Like, the food is so good. It's so good. It's like no other. It's like no other place. Right. It's unmatched. And it's just something, maybe I'm biased, but there's just something about being in Baltimore and enjoying, like, the good parts of Baltimore. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, 
I don't know. I feel like Baltimore is very much like the underdog with a lot of things. And that's just because people weigh it down by like the negative um, connotations of the city. When in actuality, like there's, you know, bad things happen in a, a bunch of cities. It's just this is, you know, one that you maybe see a lot more, but that doesn't take away from like the good things I think that are there and happening and the people. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So tell me, like, what led you to becoming a reporter? Like, how did you get there? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I will say this. I think as far as writing, I I really credit my dad for that. Um, just because, like I said, my dad was still here in Baltimore when I lived in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, And even before I could actually like make words, like he was my first pen pal. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a lot of symbols and like, I don't know how he wrote back, but he wrote back. Um, And I always tell people that like, you know, that's just sort of showed me growing up that, you know, your words are powerful and there are people waiting to read them. Yeah, it's biased because it was my dad, but on a bigger level now as a reporter, I see that that's definitely the work that we do. Um, initially I thought I was going to get into broadcast journalism and, you know, do something with the Lakers cause I was in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized that I really just like writing about people and there's something about, you know, sitting across from someone, um, and just writing about the environment and the room and putting people who may never meet this person or be in this room in that room through words. And that's just something that's always been really powerful for me. And I love being an instrument to that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I was so happy when we were connected. And shout out to Dante for connecting us. Hey. hey my brother cousin. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes. Because first of all, and he knows, like, he knows that I love when women come together, especially when people come together and work together in general. But especially women, I love when we come together and we can collab on projects like that. So that was amazing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love, love, love that. Um, so what challenges have you been met with, but you overcame being, you know, a black woman and also being a reporter? I mean, I'll be fair and say that I haven't overcome some just because it's a diff, it's the same battle, different day. I'll say that. Um, but I think one thing that I've overcome is, just again, this idea that, you know, my voice and my perspective matters. And as you know, I'm an ethical journalist, but I'm still allowed to have my perspective. And I think that's something that I've been, um, you know, just going back and forth with, because especially with everything that's been going on in the news, this very racially tumultuous summer, um, I was really just sort of taken aback as a black woman, but I was still, I still had to be obligated to my job as a reporter. So I I think something that I really just, you know, go through every day is just this idea of reminding myself that my voice matters and okay, maybe I'm not like some crazy big national reporter, but there are people watching Mm -hmm. and me being in this profession. It's important because I need younger black girls to see that they can do this too. And that's what we need. We need to funnel and foster more um, black women into this profession because our perspectives are are just needed. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I'm all for those spaces, as many spaces as we need to create where we can be heard and where people can hear 
you know, our stories, what we go through, how we feel, how we think, why we are the way that we are. Like, I'm all about that. I love that. And I was an... Um, I was actually going to say earlier when I was talking, I was I actually lost my thought. I was like, what am I, what was I going to say about our collabing? I was just so like honored to be working alongside you, you being a reporter. Like, that's amazing. Somebody that my daughter can look at and be like, hey, she looks like me and I could do that. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. And that's inspiring. And that's important. That's an important, you know, representation that we need. And I love that. Right. I mean, I feel like that happened for me. Like I looked at, you know, people like Tamron Hall and, you know, just a lot of other strong black women um, that were in this field. And it motivated me. It's I know some people will say that that's not necessarily shallow, but like it's not that big of a deal. But it really is like kids and even people coming up in college are like very impressionable. And when you're deciding what you want to do with your profession and your life, and you get into a field and you don't see one person that looks like you, that's when you have imposter syndrome. That's when you're mm-hmm. doubting if this is where you're even supposed to be. So it's important. And we're not saying to just hand it to us because trust me, we deserve it and we'll work for it. And we have to work two and a half times more than other people. So we, we belong here. Mm-hmm. And that part, okay? That part, we, be- we belong here. Yes, we do. And I love that. And the fact that... <laughs> People can see that you have you've made it there just gives them enough hope like, hey, I can do that, too. And I love that. And that's the inspiration part about it. That you have become like this very accomplished reporter uh, and you, you know, you've won awards, which speaks to your content and the things that you are creating and the things that you are writing. And that's amazing. I mean, I still got a lot more to go, but hey, yes, gotta take it day by day, day by day. But you're doing it, sis. You are doing it, okay? <laughs> you out here winning awards, writing pieces, okay? You just wrote a book. You got a, you an author now. You doing it? <laughs> yes. But that's another, that's another important piece of this puzzle too, as it pertains to Baltimore, because you hear so many things about how people have written off the children in Baltimore. They've written off the teenagers, the adults. Oh, they, they live in crime filled neighborhoods and they are, um, they're in poverty and they can't do this and they can't be that. And so when we talk about, we talk to people and I talk to people from Baltimore who are actually showing you, yes, they are accomplishing things despite those things. So that's what they need to hear this. And they need to know because that's, a, that's a lie. It's all lies. <laughs> no, it is. And that, and I wish I had thought of this before, but my sister, uh, I call her Moon Pie, mm-hmm. but um, she, <laughs> and she works for Parks and Recs in Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gone down there and helped her with, you know, just being there with her before. And she talks about that a lot, is that it just seems like the city has given up on these kids and you know she's trying to just foster this environment that you know just gives them a space to just be kids and do certain activities and you know be able to go on different field trips and that that's what she did when we were in LA she's been doing parks and recs for over 10 years mm-hmm. so um it, it it was just it's sad to see yeah um, but I, I'm proud of her so I just wanted to shout her out because she she deals with you know, heals kids every day. 
Hey, sis. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your book, Umbrella for Every Shitstorm. So for those who have not read it yet, tell us, you know, if you can, you know, what it is about and what it all entails. Yeah, so um, Umbrella for Every Shitstorm is a collection of all of my original quotes. So I wrote all of them. Um, I, I have to say that these probably date back to when I was in college. Um, I've been out of college for a, a little bit. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, they talk about, you know, life. They're a little bit witty because I'm kind of a smart aleck. Uh, that's just my personality. Um, you know, they talk about grieving. They talk about friends. They talk about love. It, it's a lot of different things. And what I like about that is that people can apply it to whatever part of their life they feel necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten a lot of that. I feel like people have been like, oh my gosh, like this really, like I felt this today or someone completely different will be like, wow, like I feel like you just know my life. And it's just like, I don't, but we just all go through the same thing. There's just not a space for us to communicate that we're going through it. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. I'm definitely going to do, um, going to purchase that book so I can read it. Yes. Yes, yes I will. I definitely will. And then I'll post about it for sure. Yes, please do, because I've been trying to just get it out there. It's self-published. Um, this is my first one. I hope to make another one. Um, I want my second one to be a collection of quotes, um, just specifically geared towards Black women mm-hmm. um, and just uplifting Black women, because there's just a lot of obstacles every day that weigh us down. And I just want to be that little piece of something that's here to lift us up. So, hmm. Yes, you guys make sure that she purchased her book, okay? And we will repeat this at the end again and also put this in the notes so they can pick that up for you. Yes. So what advice would you give to someone specifically? Like if there is a little girl listening right now or just, you know, any woman listening right now and they want to become a reporter, it is their dream to become a reporter just like you are. Like what advice would you give to them? Um... I think one of the most important things would just be to prioritize self-care just because anybody in this like this position, it will test you. It will try you like you have to be very plugged into what's going on all the time and what's going on all the time is not always nice or pretty. Um, So definitely self-care and just give your time, give yourself time to just articulate the present, like give yourself time to anchor yourself and just be in the present um, and just be with yourself. That's, that's the main thing. Um, and then another thing would be to just craft your own voice. Don't try to sound like someone else. Yes, there are some amazing voices out there. There are some amazing writers out there, but there's not another you. So you might as well just tailor what you have to say Um you know, just really shape your personality, be your own voice um, and just go after it. Like it's scary and it's it's oversaturated, this field. Um, but like I said, like a unique voice is a unique voice. And if it, and that's you. That could be you. So definitely foster that and be open to learning and reading other people's styles. Um, but most importantly, just stay true to who you know you are. Yes, I love that. Yes. <laughs> All right, so um, this is the part I love of the show. I love this segment. Everyone loves it too. It's called Unpack Your Box. I love it to do with every guest. <laughs> yes. So basically, first of all, I, I love it because it's so therapeutic. It really is. You get to release whatever you want. 
So basically, you get one minute just to sound off on anything you want. Oh my gosh. Like, I could just say anything? Yeah, whatever you feel like you want to release right now at this very moment. Like, it, it, it's whatever. Mm. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say that I wish people were more respectful to local journalists because I'm a local journalist and my coworkers are local journalists. And we get a lot of slack from people because of subscriptions or just the setup of our newsroom. But we never get to just tell people our, like what's actually going on. So I need people to be more sympathetic for local journalists um, who, beyond your beliefs, like we don't get paid like crazy. Trust me, we don't. But we're here grinding every day, trying to report these stories about our communities. Um, and we can't help what's going on. We can just report it. Um, so be nice, be courteous. Buy a subscription. It's like 99 cents for three months that you spend more on Starbucks and food and other stuff. So just just be supportive. And just be nice to people. You don't know what they're going through. That, that's all in all. Just be nice and courteous when you can. And if they're mean to you, look, kill them with kindness. That's a real thing. Older people say it, but it's a real thing. So that is my, my soapbox. Be nice. <laughs> Yes, give it to it. Be nice, y'all. Y'all heard what sis said? Do it. Okay, kill him, the killer, kill him with kindness, sis. I'm still working on that one. I mean, it's nice. But when you like, you know, in the workplace, it, that is so hard. Yeah. That's so hard. Aggressive emails. That is my one thing where I'm just like, passive aggressive emails are just like, they're not cute. Because I'm the type to be like, all right, passive aggressive. Now I'm gonna call you and tell you that the email was passive aggressive, and we need to work on it. We got. To work on it. I'm like, that's the one place. Like I'm fine. Like and you know, outside of work, I I can be kind all day because that's the type of person I am anyway. But it's something about those coworkers and in the workplace that it really like I really. Like I tell my good sis Ashley, and I tell I tell people I gotta take God with me to work because if I don't, it's gonna be a problem. I am with you there I've gotten to the point where I'm just like look most of the people if any you know give me a problem they're usually people that have nothing to do with my paycheck so it's like okay Mm -hmm. I had to deal with you for whatever period but guess what I'm still gonna get paid in two weeks and you're still gonna be like not a nice person to be around but guess what I still got paid (laughs) okay you know but you know we go it's a work in progress we're gonna work on that but right. <laughs> yes. But thank you so much for coming on the show. I enjoyed chatting with you. Of course. Thanks for including me in all this stuff. I love it. You just like pushing out content and you're super consistent and you just know what you want to put out in the world. And I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I definitely, definitely, you know, I'm enjoying talking to all these new people and uh, people and learning, you know, about what they're doing because it's also inspiring me as well as the audience. So I'm really excited about that. Yes. So before you leave, tell the people where they can keep up with you, where they could purchase your book, all that good stuff. Right. So I'm on Instagram. Um, that's at Jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E, Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-N, Hall, H-A-L-L. Um, I'm also on Twitter. That's at J-V-A-U-G-H-N, 411. 
and then my book is available on Amazon. I can share the link because sometimes it's hard to find because it has like a little asterisk in it. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look me up, Jasmine Vaughn Hall, you should be able to find the book on there. Um, and yeah, I'm also on Facebook too. So Jasmine Vaughn Hall as well. Yes, you guys purchase the book and also yeah. visit. Yes, we got to support sis. So, you know, you we got we got to do this okay <laughs> yes and you guys follow her on social media so you can keep up with what she has going on all right thank you so much we are out y'all bye <laughs> hold up before you leave subscribe to your girl's podcast on your favorite podcast platform and also keep up with me on instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast you can also keep up with your girl on clubhouse i host rooms i pop in and out of rooms you know connect with your girl my name on there is queen wolf and that's with two f's like frank and you can also email me if you want to collab you want to work with me you have a business opportunity like let's work if you know me you know i'm about getting that work done collabing you know, let's uplift each other. Let's support each other. You can email me directly at unpackingtheboxpodcast at gmail.com. And if you need help with uh, your uh, creative side, you know where to reach me at Queen Wolf LLC. My website is Queen Wolf, that's two Fs uh, like Frank, dot com. You know, but um, if you follow me on Instagram, you can hit the link in my bio. It will take you everywhere that I am. All right, y'all. Be well.